Hello, and welcome to this pre-recorded service from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida for Sunday, August 23rd. My name is Sarah, and we're so glad you're here. We hope that this time of worship provides you an opportunity to bring your offerings and your praise to God. If you'd like to support our ministries here at Church of the Palms, there's a number of ways you can do so. You should be able to see those on your screen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I have a few announcements for you today. It is not too late if you'd like to join the conversation with Pastor Steve uh, and a number of other members of our Race and the Church Committee about Martin Luther King Jr.'s Strength to Love. That call is happening tomorrow night, Monday night, and you can still sign up to participate in that on our website. We also have a couple of great new classes starting in early September. Pastor Lori and Anita Lustria are going to be gathering on Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. beginning on September 2nd to offer you a weekly opportunity to engage with Scripture, listening to God through the spiritual discipline of Lectio Divina. No experience is necessary and everyone is welcome. You can read more about that and sign up on our website. In addition, also on September 2nd at 6.30 p.m., Wednesday Night Life resumes with a new season of the ever-popular God in Hollywood. Pastor Steve has put together a really inspiring slate of films, and you can sign up to participate in that uh, digital uh, online offering via our website. We'd like to wish a very, very happy birthday to Betty Newton. Betty is 95 years old on August 26th. Happy birthday, Betty. Uh, Finally, our fall kickoff is fast approaching. It's on Sunday, August 30th, and you'll get an invitation probably this week in the mail. You can certainly read about that on our website as well, Uh, but we're excited to see you. We have all sorts of fun things planned. Just wanted to remind you first to bring peanut butter for our friends at Mission Peniel. That is a good source of protein and is uh, very welcomed by our, our mission partners there. And also just know that not only do we have gifts for you, but we have special treats for your dogs. So if you think it's a good idea to do so, please do bring your furry friends with you. Speaking of pets, we have a few more uh, videos to share with you of our family here at Church of the Palms and their furry friends, and they are all wishing you good health and peace. Cooper and I say, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Miss you all. Peace be with you.
Oh, 
My name is Mike Murphy, and I have the privilege today of leading us in prayer. Oh God, we are living in troubled times. Wherever we look, we see it. The economy is in trouble, our political climate is troubling, and families are being stretched and being tested. And the pandemic, Lord, the pandemic is big trouble. It has turned us sideways and upside down. So much of we believe to be true has failed us. So much of what we have hoped for feels like it's just slipping through our fingers. Emotionally, we feel vulnerable. What looked like solid ground now feels like sifting sand. We are asking all kinds of questions and we're not sure we're going to get a dependable answer. Kids are going back to school and 
Parents are being racked with a sense of unsettledness. We long for normal, but deep inside of us, we know that the normal that we hoped would be with us for the rest of our lives, we just know that normal isn't anymore. <laughs> and yet, Lord, we, we gather every Sunday. We gather in family rooms near and far to be part of a Zoom worship experience at Church of the Palms. And we do this because we know that gathering like this pleases you, and we believe, we really believe, that you, O oh God, are, as your word tells us, an ever-present help in time of trouble. And so we come together with all our uncertainty, faithfully believing in the deepest part of our hearts that you hear us, and you see us, you hear our cries for comfort and love and surety and protection. We know that those things reach your ears. We believe that you do not turn ever a deaf ear upon our pleas for help. So now, Lord, we want to pray for the desire to be used by you to be a witness to others who are at wit's end and don't know what to do. Help us to be on the look for those who need a helping hand and a listening ear. Give us the desire to proclaim the good news of a good God who cares about his creation, a God of comfort, a God of love, a God of hope. And now, Lord, we will all pray silently for all those things in the comfort of our homes with our family or friends. We'll pray for those things that are hidden in our heart, asking you to hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, O Lord, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hi, I'm Anita Lustria, and our scripture reading for this morning comes from two different places. The Old Testament reading is from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. It was told King David the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the Ark of God. So David went and brought up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the Ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. David danced before the Lord with all his might 
David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Our New Testament reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he has come home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Anita. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O God, to the word just read and the words to come that they might point to you, the word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So here we are, five months into a pandemic that is holding us hostage. We are up to our necks in racial injustice and political divisiveness, and today, Today, we are supposed to talk about the final spiritual discipline called celebration. I imagine that most of us are in no mood for celebrating. Ordinarily, I would jump all over this topic. In fact, celebration may just be the love language for my family. We love to celebrate. Birthdays, holidays, awards, degrees, and homecomings. And now we're even lucky enough to be in that season of life to get to celebrate engagements and weddings and future grandchildren. You do the math, but with five daughters, one son-in-law, one future son-in-law, one future grandson, one husband and one dog whose birthday is on May 5th, by the way, we do a lot of celebrating. But times are different, aren't they? Because of the extensive quarantines, many of us have not been allowed to be with our sweet families, our parents, our children, and our grandchildren. We've been unable to gather with friends and neighbors for festivities. Fireworks, graduations, parades, and vacations have been canceled. So to talk about celebration seems to be like putting salt in the wound, and for that, I'm sorry but I hope we can glean a good word for our walk with Christ that fits the times we are in today, as well as gathering something to tuck away for our future. 
To be honest, I was familiar with most of the spiritual disciplines that we've talked about this summer, like meditation, fasting, prayer, solitude, and service, but I had never heard of celebration as a discipline. I know the Bible is full of great celebrations. In our passage today, David is celebrating the return of the Ark of the Covenant. In Ezra, we read about the joyful celebration of the rebuilding of the temple. In Nehemiah, they celebrated the rebuilding of the Jerusalem wall with singing, music, and great choirs. The shepherds, wise men, and angels celebrated the birth of Jesus with gifts, song, and prayer. God even gave Israel several ongoing celebrations in the Old Covenant, such as the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of Weeks. In the New Covenant, God gave us the Lord's Supper and Baptism. Jesus tells stories about celebrating over lost things that are now found. And we also see future celebrations, such as the Wedding of the Lamb and the Wedding Feast with Abraham. So yes, Yes, I see that celebration happens for God's people, and I know firsthand that celebrations can be fun and life-giving. But I wondered why it was categorized as a discipline. Richard Foster wrote that celebration is central to all of the spiritual disciplines. Without a joyful spirit of festivity, the disciplines become dull, death-breathing tools in the hands of a modern-day Pharisee. He goes on to say that without joyous celebration to infuse the other disciplines, we sooner or later abandon them. Joy produces energy. Joy makes us strong. In chapter 8, verse 10, Nehemiah says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. Sounds easy enough. I want to be strong in my faith, in my walk with Christ, and with my spiritual practices, so I'll just be full of joy. Joy is, the joy is, the joy is our strength, right? But that may not be a switch that we can slip, simply flip on or off. Cognitive and kinetic, and kinetic activities are subject to the will but not always the emotions. You can tell your brain to think something and you can tell your body to do something, but can you laugh when you're not happy? Can you cry when you're not sad? Brain, think, think. When did Lincoln sign the Emancipation Proclamation? Think, what was D-Day? Well, if you've studied your history, your brain will give you your answers. Or hand, reach, fingers, snap, legs, run faster, I want to finish this half marathon before tomorrow. Cognitive and kinetic goals can be achieved. But what about emotive commands? A pastor tells a story about a funeral he did once for the most indifferent father he'd ever seen. The man didn't hit his son, but he also didn't talk to him. For 15 years, he ignored his son, and then he walked out and abandoned him. And so a 25-year-old son sits at his father's funeral, trying desperately to feel sad for the sake of appearance. He thought people would talk if he didn't cry, so he kept trying to conjure up sad scenes from his childhood, like Bambi and Old Yeller, 
or those episodes from Lassie when she gets lost. But he told the pastor, I'm not happy. I'm not sad. I am just empty. I just feel cold. The Desert Father Augustine of Hippo wrote that the Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. But of course, we can't require praise or try to legislate it, write it on stone tablets, thou shalt praise, or post it on courtroom walls. That's not the point, and it wouldn't work anyway. Instead, praise is what springs from gratitude and thankfulness. When we are truly grateful to someone for what they have done and for who they are, then we are moved to praise. Praise is a natural response. In her book, 1,000 Gifts, Anne Voskamp wrote, God gives gifts and I give thanks and I unwrap the gift given, joy. Joy is the gateway to celebration. The thankful person, that person that's moved by gratitude, is the one who will share the good news with others of what they have found, a recovered ark, or a lost sheep, or a lost coin. And when they do, they invite their friends and their neighbors to celebrate. We all know that when something wonderful happens, you just have to tell someone. You just have to share it. Somehow sharing it, expressing it, and celebrating it makes that joy exponentially sweeter. We can celebrate good things, found things, and especially today in these times, small things. David danced with all his might as they brought something very good back to Jerusalem. But he didn't dance alone. David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpet. Together they celebrated. Well, our family has spontaneous dance parties. They usually break out in our kitchen after a family meal when a few people seem to have more time on their hands than those who still have dish soap on their hands. Someone cranks up the music and the dancing begins. Everyone joins in. Trust me when I say talent is not required. The energy and the laughter and the pure joy pulses throughout the house celebrating something as simple as being alive and being together. Perhaps we all should consider celebrating with a dance party. And I want to show you just a 60-second clip of some dancing from movies to inspire you.
hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Cause uptown punk don't give it to you. Cause uptown punk So Eva Moses Corps has a different kind of dance party. In 2015, Auschwitz commemorated the 70th anniversary of its liberation by Allied forces with then 81-year-old Eva in attendance. Eva was an Auschwitz survivor who lost her parents, two of her sisters, her grandparents, and several aunts and uncles at the hands of the Nazis. She and her twin sister, just 10 years old at the time of their capture, were among only 200 sets of twins out of 1,500 who survived the vicious medical experiments of Dr. Joseph Mengele. 20 years prior, at the 50th anniversary of the liberation of the camp, Eva was reported to have written a letter stating, I had the power to forgive. No one could give me the power or take it from me. I refused to be a victim, and now I'm free. Eva returned to Auschwitz and always danced on the platform where she saw her family for the last time. Eva said that's where they took away the joy of my life and my family. This way, I claim it back. Jesus also reclaimed the joy and celebration of life itself during his time on earth, so much so that the scribes and Pharisees in Luke 7, 34 called Jesus a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Worse yet, Jesus seemed to enjoy their company. Jesus told three parables of joy to them in the Gospel of Luke. Anita just read two of them for us. Parables were powerful teaching tools because they used common objects and experiences that were easy to understand for the listening audience. Parables usually sneak in a zinger that turns conventional practices upside down and leaves the listener scratching his head and searching his heart. Take the lost sheep, for example. Would a good shepherd really leave 99 sheep to look for just one? Well, regardless of the shepherd's actions, the men and women listening to this story totally understood the example. In a small village where two or three shepherds cared for the sheep, which belonged to everyone in town, people sometimes waited long into the night for the shepherd to return, hoping and praying that the lost sheep would be found. They wouldn't necessarily know if it was their sheep or their neighbors, but the sense of community was so strong that the pain of loss was equally shared. If the shepherds returned with the lost sheep, the huddled, worried crowd would burst into cheers and tears of joy. Now consider the lost silver coin. The listeners knew that this was a serious loss for a woman. A silver piece represented roughly a day's wages in first century world where most people survived from day to day. Now Jesus also might have had in mind the headdress that married women wore, which were made up of ten silver coins connected by a silver chain. Girls sometimes saved for years to collect their coins. 
to lose one was almost like losing your feminine honor. So whether the lost coin in Jesus' parable was treasured for its intrinsic worth or its sentimental value, we don't know. We only know that when the woman lost it, she became frantic. For her, it was a tragedy. Her little house was dark since it received light only from one small window. To find a tiny coin was nearly impossible because the floor was nothing more than beaten earth that was covered with dried reeds and rushes. How could a woman find a coin in such a place? And then she found it. And she called together her friends and her neighbors and exclaimed, let's have a celebration, a dance party. In each story, something valuable is lost. The lost is found. And then they have a party. The joy of finding is so abundant, it cannot be contained. One person alone cannot adequately celebrate it. There must be a party. Even the angels join in. There is great joy in heaven before the angels of God over one sinner who repents, a heavenly dance party. Well, we can learn to celebrate even during a pandemic by being intentional about noticing the small things. If we're talking about small things, my husband says that we should celebrate the little baby, the smell of hamburgers cooking on the grill, and buy one, get one, Ben and Jerry's. So true. 19th century Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote, Earth is crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God. Now, all we have to do is take notice. With the exception of some professions, like frontline healthcare providers, one gift of the pandemic is that many of us have less demands on our schedule, which actually allows us to move at a slower pace. James Thurber once wrote, man is flying too fast for a world that is round. Soon he'll catch up with himself in a great rear-end collision. We should avoid a great rear-end collision this week by slowing down to see all the good and small things that come from a loving and gracious God, like the tiny caterpillar who eats the parsley from your herb garden, the laughter from the kids at the pool next door, the sunset colors of orange and red splashed across the evening sky, I could go on and on, and I know that you could too. I love that song, What a Wonderful World, by Louis Armstrong, because he captures the joy in the small and ordinary, things worth celebrating. Maybe we have to be a little creative with how we celebrate, but it starts inside of each one of us, opening our hearts, our hands, and our senses to receive the gifts of God, the good things, the found things, the small things. And Voskamp wrote, I want to slow down and taste life, give thanks, and see God. Lori Haas wrote, and then have a dance party.
I see trees green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue, clouds of white, bright as the day, dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, also on the faces of the people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, How do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I watch them grow They'll learn much more Than I'll ever know And I think to myself What a wonderful world Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful world Friends, it is my hope and prayer that we take the time to celebrate the small things this week that come from our loving and gracious God. And now may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen.